Today's episode is sponsored by the RevOps experts at Fullcast. With me is their head of customer success, Tyler Simons. Hey, Tyler. Revenue efficiency, sales productivity are everything today. How does Fullcast's go-to-market planning platform help RevOps teams achieve these types of goals? Well, Fullcast lets you build better territories so that the right resources are always focused on the right opportunities. When reps are motivated and zeroed in on their targets, they'll be more successful and bring in more revenue. That sounds great. I do a lot of that planning in spreadsheets today and I'm pretty happy with my spreadsheets. How is Fullcast any better than that? You must get rid of the spreadsheets because <laughs> spreadsheets create lag and errors. With Fullcast, planning and updating happen automatically all in one place. Best of all, it automates all common headache-inducing planning activities like territory rebalancing, account hierarchies, routing, and more. So when you're faced with those go-to-market plan changes, which, you know what, they happen all the time, Fullcast has your back. All right, you got me convinced. Where do I learn more about Fullcast? Our website, fullcast.io. Hey everyone, welcome to Operations, the show where we look under the hood of companies in hypergrowth. My name is Sean Lane. It's really quite refreshing when you see people being vulnerable about their own struggles in a professional environment. We all try to be so polished and put together all the time, especially as operators where our job is literally to have everything put together. So it caught my eye when an operator that I've admired from afar started a work advice column dedicated to navigating work relationships. That operator is Jackie Leahy, a fractional RevOps advisor and founder of Activate the Magic. In the description of the column, aptly titled Dear Jackie, Jackie admits that workplace relationships is an area where she's struggled herself, and starting this column was her means of sharing the lessons that she's learned with others who might be in the same boat. Jackie approaches all of this from the core belief that you have to make room for different leadership styles and different working styles inside of a company. And while this conversation may feel different from some of our other episodes, that's kind of Jackie's point. In our conversation, we talk about pairing your skill set with the right environment. We talk about the humbling experience that Jackie went through of becoming an SDR 10 years into her career, and why taking a Clifton Strengths assessment was the turning point in her career. Let's start, though, with the motivation behind starting Dear Jackie and why interpersonal relationships at work is something that Jackie thinks so much about. For my whole life, I have been just obsessed with personality tests and, and how kind of people relate to each other in systems. Like I remember just in high school, I was like, what if there was a way that I could just know like where I stand socially? So I have to figure it out. So like human dynamics and how people make decisions and how we learn and how we interface has just always been just an enormous passion of mine. And especially in my tech career. So I came to tech at 33, sort of like starting over. I got to start over as a BDR, which was so humble, like yeah. just a huge slice of humble pie every single day. And it just so frustrating and nothing made sense. And everyone was mean. And all the other BDRs hated me because I was old. <laughs> Not because I was old, but like I didn't fit in. They were all like... <laughs> 
like let let's go um, ah, I was like an adult and it's just always been a thing like I've always tried to figure out like do you call it like you know politics mm. like inner politics or like the social landscape and you know as I developed from individual contributor to manager to you know manager of managers then all of a sudden it's not just my peers or like getting along with my manager who might think I'm a threat or <laughs> all the things now I'm cross-functionally, right? So leading my initiative heavily depends on on what marketing is doing and what product is doing and how finance thinks of me, right? So not only am I managing BDRs, but also like really needing to influence the AEs, Re- like really needing to, like all of these disparate, relationships that are so vital and it's like no matter what I did sometimes like I could not win like I was making someone do mad or stepping on somebody's toes and it's like ah my heart was in such the right place and I just like oh my gosh like just like record scratch like like clown honk noises <laughs> like in my head like why am I like this yeah and it's been like a journey and you know I think a lot of for me especially and I think this is common like we want to like fit in and be appreciated and feel safe and valued and not be bullied and a toxic <laughs> environment is much more likely to change you than you change the toxic environment hmm. and it was really easy for me to think it was me, you know? And it's like, I was just in the wrong venue. While it would have been easy for Jackie to just try to conform to what she saw around her, instead, what Jackie came to realize was that she hadn't found the right pairing of her skill set and the right context. Not every environment matches every skill set or personality. That's not a knock on you. It's just reality. And instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, Jackie went in search for her match. Seeing what else was possible was a big unlock for her. And now she's trying to do the same for others in a way that only she can. So their Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB, it's an improv theater in school. But like long ago, it was a show on Comedy Central. It was like a sketch show. And there's this one sketch where it's like an an ugly people support group. (laughs) (laughs) And there's one person is like obnoxious, right? Like, like saying comically the wrong thing. And it says to one person, you're not an ugly human. You're a beautiful monkey. (laughs) And it's like, no, no, no. Like, don't be stuck in the offensiveness of not being... (laughs) you know, a human, like in, you're a monkey, but like, you're a beautiful monkey. And, and so not just like, I think, go where you're celebrated. Sure. But like, no, 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 you have brilliance. Like you have greatness and brilliance and strengths, unlimited, unlimited power, power, possibility, brilliance, genius. That's already inside of you. And so, like, what are you waiting for? And so, you know, you mentioned a lot of this came from your cross-functional interactions. Ops is inherently cross-functional. 
right? Yeah. Like you have to be good at making these cross-functional connections. Otherwise you're never going to get anything done. Right. And so what's the right balance there between just like, okay, I'm going to do things my way, no matter what I'm going to embrace who I am and go versus Ooh. trying to find that common ground. Like what is the answer? Like what is the advice that you give people who find themselves in a difficult internal partnership situation? Well, I think <laughs> the trick is to be totally comfortable with your own brilliance to a point where you don't need to prove it. Mm. Like people with generational wealth don't have logo Louis Vuitton purses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I have a knockoff one with logos because like, you know, but being so confident and secure with my own value that I'm not seeking validation approval. Like I'll call myself desperate for like acceptance, validation, importance, significance, right? Certainty, looking outside myself from others to pour into me. It's like, and no matter when I have that, I can go in and fully listen and be present for what's happening around me, who I'm with, when my when I'm taking care of myself and my cup is full and I'm not like <laughs> running on caffeine fumes and I can actually like deep dig in and like sink in with someone and be there for them. Like the gift of presence and listening. I think that's when you come and you can totally be yourself and just have so much space for the other people around around me and when my focus is on my vision or a shared vision a shared goal and I care more about that than my insecurities all of a sudden feedback is information and it's vital the lesson from Jackie here is that if you're in a good place personally taking care of yourself making sure your cup is full you're going to bring your best self to work and your internal partners, your company will all be the beneficiaries. But that assumes that you know what fills your cup. And I think that's a pretty important prerequisite to Jackie's advice. And that's not something that's going to come to you overnight. I think you start to develop the answers as you go on in your career. So I wanted to know how Jackie figured out what filled her own cup and what she's seeing with other operators struggling with this question today. I think the number one thing is to really sit with yourself and like, what are my core values? Like, what do I value? And there's like a online, very old website where it like has a hundred values and you can pick them out and like whittle them down. And I, like one of my, is is just like comfort and joy and learning. Right. So and I think this corresponds really well with if you've ever taken Clifton Strengths assessment. I think no. it's like a hundred bucks. So you can buy the book for like 115 bucks and it comes with the assessment. This was truly life changing for me. I learned my top strengths and it gives you like a, hey, this is a summary about you. And my life shifted when I read the first sentence. When do we start? About me. Like that is what mm. you're always asking. Because my number mm. one strength is activation. I'm an activator. And I realized I was currently at a startup who said they wanted all this growth and they wanted to drop, <laughs> quit their very expensive paid lead <laughs> dependency. It's like heroin. 
and they wanted to go cold outbound and they said all these things and they wanted to shift and they brought me in to do that. And actually they didn't, right? Saying it in reality. And it's like, oh my God, no wonder I am like (laughs) a wet mop in a (laughs) container store. Like, no, like get out of here. You do not belong here. Because I was an activator and I'm learning it and I want to move fast and go. And, but those weren't the values. That wasn't what the culture of the startup actually was. And so like, how do you help people to, I guess, figure that out when they're considering a new role or considering a company? Because, you know, it's never going to be one size fits all, right? You hopefully, if that company is building in a thoughtful way, like you don't want you know, everybody to be the same, right? You don't want this homogenous employee base inside of your company. And so how do you find that right balance of like, okay, this is the stuff I know is important to me. This is the dynamic or the mix that I see at this company. And like, how do I see myself fitting into that? Yeah, really knowing your own values, like what you got, what's, and not just like what's important in general, but what's important during this chapter, right? So knowing that, Right now, like I remember, like right now, what's most important to me is getting experience and working with a reporting to someone who is my God, like someone who I want to become. Right. So I'm going to refactor my job search around that and just being really clear about what it is that you're after. And there's like so many directions we can go from there, but like being real about mapping like who I am and like who the company is and what direction, like, what's the bus route? (laughs) Where is this bus headed? And what kind of terrain? And how is this bus going to get there? Is that a, I want to say match, it doesn't necessarily mean like, because sometimes if there's a bunch of visionary people, and they needed someone to like, crack knuckles, let's get going. Like, I would be absolutely a hero in that situation. I also think too, it's probably pretty healthy to have those questions or have those traits as things you can lean back on when things get hard, right? Because things are going to get hard. Regardless, you could have the the best, most supportive environment that there is, and it's still likely going to be hard if you're in a high growth situation, right? And so, you know, being able to take a step back and say, okay, (laughs) this week sucked, but like Mm -hmm. my two or three core values that I ask myself if these things are still true, like, yep, those things are still true. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'll see you next week. Right? Like, mm-hmm. is that kind of the right way to think about the balance of that to help manage the the ups and downs that comes with working in companies like these? Oh my gosh, yes. And things change like slow, 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 and then all at once sort of thing. There's like kind of tipping points. And so how I've read this somewhere, I don't remember where, but it was like if it's a bad two days, like it's up to two weeks. If something's bugging me for two Yes. Two weeks is the threshold, right? And gosh, I remember at my third startup, like we went, I joined, I was hire number 10, first lady hire, and I built the VDR team. I joined at 350K ARR, and a little short of two years later, we were at almost 9 million. And all of a sudden, I looked around, it was a very different situation, right? All of a sudden, it's like we had a C suite vying for. I don't know, career growth and influence. And I found myself like the, 
with I had all of like the tribal knowledge and I wanted the company to succeed, but all of a sudden there was like this new context of like bureaucracy, right? Like governance bureaucracy. And it's like all of a sudden I wasn't a fit anymore. Figuring out your why, what fills your cup, the values you're looking for in a company. Let's face it. These aren't luxuries that everyone has. So if you can figure out your answers to those questions and then relentlessly seek out environments where those boxes are checked, consider yourself amazingly fortunate. By the way, Jackie's reference to the two-week rule comes from one of my favorite people to follow, Molly Graham. Anything Molly writes, you should read it. Molly's two-week rule says that you should observe any emotion or reaction that you're having to a change around you at work, acknowledge it, and then move on. Do that every day, and if the emotion is still the same after two weeks, then and only then should you consider doing something about it. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Fullcast, the company that helps operators build better sales territories. Their platform focuses the right sellers on the right opportunities, making them unstoppable. And the cherry on top? Fullcast automates common go-to-market activities like territory rebalancing, account hierarchies, routing, and more. So the plan is always in sync with operations. With Fullcast, say goodbye to go-to-market planning headaches and hello to your own personal planning assistant. Learn more about Fullcast today by visiting fullcast.io. Okay, let's get back to Jackie. Up until this point, Jackie has been talking a lot about her own experience and her own journey to figuring out her own strengths, what was important to her, and finding the environments that she would thrive in. But she's also been a leader, helping people on her team to do the same. So I was curious, how has she built and managed her teams to incorporate all the personal learnings that she's had? What I really like to get across, like number one, is I I care much more about you and your career and your happiness than what you're doing for me here and now. Like my condolences, but you have me for life. (laughs) I'm a lifelong fan of Sean Lane. So whatever it is, please come to me if you're like, I'm not feeling this or, you know, I'm thinking about a different job kind of thing. Like, please come to me because I care way more about you and your career and your trajectory than this job you happen to have right now. And this is probably a little bit of a tricky question, right? Because you're telling us that, you know, every person is different. Every person's cup is filled in a slightly different way. Mm. Is that the case with operators or have you found some consistencies across this group for what does fill their cups or what is the best way to manage them? Or is it truly unique? Yes. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I told you it was a a bit of a, you know, not a fair question. Yeah. Well, for RevOps people, usually it's two things and like just a passion to like help, like serve, figure it, like, let me fix that for you. I think nine out of 10 of us are accidental admins because we happen to be able to help people fix their Bluetooth headphones. Like, (laughs) classic, classic. And then the other thing is just like a really intense curiosity. And just like that, like outrageous, just like to figure something out, like to get to the bottom of something. Because really, especially if 
you've been on trailhead, right? Like trying to figure things out in Salesforce and like then trailhead, it like it checks it for you, right? So it's like, you can't just like, oh, let me guess. It spins up a sandbox and you have to configure it properly. And you know, it's buggy because it's their learning platform. Like things are weird. And so you have to go back over and over and over and over and over. And the only thing at least for me and a lot of people I've talked to that got me through to the other end is just this insatiable hunger to figure it out. So like when people ask me, Jackie, how did you schedule your studying to pass the certification? It's like, that's, listen, like. <laughs> how did I get anything I, else done besides the certification mm-hmm, is the right question to be mm-hmm. asking. Yeah, it's like, Jackie, how did you get yourself to eat all of those Cheetos? <laughs> like, it's like asking me that. It's like, these are so delicious. How, how, what? <laughs> Just kidding. I think that's an interesting point, though, because I think every single one of these strengths that you're describing, mm-hmm. right, or every single one of these traits that an operator might have or you found to be a pattern, like, could also be a weakness, right? Or, or could also be yeah. like a blind spot. And so how do you help people kind of be aware of that or in the way that they you manage them or also in pointing that out to other people they might work with who might approach those problems totally differently, right? Where, you know, like the last thing they would ever want to do is go through the trailhead and spend time, you know, debugging the buggy thing. They just want it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about a lot of fun things that I want to talk all about all the time right now. But I think a core question that I picked up on was how do you like manage and coach in this strength led way Mm. when their strength is kind of a liability sometimes. Yeah. And for me, like one of my strengths is my humor, right? I am hilarious. And and humble. I, it, I am humble. But like with that gift, my journey has really been responsible about my humor and like responsible about the impact of my humor. How right? So? Like so it's like salt. If you're cooking with salt, if I'm not present to the impact of who I'm being and you know, I can absolutely alienate if I'm just focused on making people laugh, which is pro- like, that is my currency. Oh my God. If I can make you laugh, like good day. But if I'm only focused on that, then nobody can take me seriously. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. So I really get to be responsible about that. So when I'm managing people, it's like, okay, this is your strength and this is your goal. This is your vision. Are you open to feedback? Yes, of course, because this is actually what I want. Like, my ego can like go chill in the backseat for ten minutes while I take in this feedback, let it land, and you know, iterate on that. So it's like, Jackie, humor is absolutely your strength. You crack us up, absolutely. And your goal here is you want to become VP of Revenue Operations, right? Yes. Okay. Great. Are you open to some feedback about how your strength is actually getting in your way? 
eh, I'm not going to like it, but absolutely yes. Right. So leaders are in constant demand for feedback and how the people I'm leading show up about feedback is my feedback. This idea of Jackie's strength-led management style is worth exploring some more. It's tempting for us to separate strengths into one pile and weaknesses in another. But as Jackie points out, sometimes our strengths can be liabilities when not utilized in a controlled way. For operators, she said that there's two things that she's found to be almost universally true. One, we want to help. And two, we have an intense curiosity to find the answer. If all you do all day is reactively say yes to every person who asks you a question and you don't stop to consider whether that question is something that's even worth solving, you're going to be a very well-liked and very ineffective operator. Teaching people how to maximize their strengths without those being the only traits they possess in a vacuum is what good leadership looks like. You have to know what that person's goals are. You have to know how they'll take in the information that you're about to share. And then you have to help them to quickly put your feedback into action. The other thing I took away from talking to Jackie is that throughout all of these different scenarios and factors, we as operators might just need to look at ourselves, look at the stage of a company, the makeup of our team and say, this role at this moment in time might not be right for me. And Jackie, to her credit, has developed the confidence and the knowledge of herself to say just that. Come back to your vision. What's your vision? Like, if your vision is deadass to be the VP of RevOps, so XYZ of this role is crucial, then yeah, right? Like, this is a learning and go into it with that, like, I'm about to get my ass kicked. <laughs> And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay, right? It's not work-life balance. It's work-life choices. And different chapters look different for different people, right? And just being clear. For me, the difference-making part is being clear and creating, like standing as the uncontested author of my life of this chapter, being clear about this chapter, because like not letting life happen to me, you know, like obviously like things happen and opportunities and organic, of course, but like being really in that authorship spot. And it sounds like you've been able to kind of, you know, extend the metaphor, uh, turn that page yourself Ooh. like a couple times, yeah. right? Like so many times you became an SDR in your early thirties, right? Mm -hmm. You then you're not an SDR anymore, right? Like you're, mm -hmm. then you moved into ops. Like, so was each of those evolutions kind of, the product of this like kind of self-assessment process that you're describing? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, my top strength is activation. I'm, I am extraordinarily good at the pivot <laughs> on TikTok, but the pivot is a big thing. Yeah, just being like, okay, I'm bored. So how I got into tech was I was a kindergarten teacher and then a real estate agent, and I had the best quarter in real estate of my whole life. I sold millions of dollars in, in condos in here in Boston. And all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, I can do whatever I want. Like all of a sudden the debt and the whatever and the credit card and the da 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 da. And I was like, you know, this isn't a challenge. I, I figured it out. Right. I've, I've learned enough of this language to make friends and make people laugh onto the next language sort of thing. And just being very like, hmm, now what's this adventure about? Like now what do I want? And like really stopping assessing, pivoting, and 
yeah, I think release the shame of like, you know, when you're taking a walk and you have to turn around at some point and it's like, well, I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want people to see me like just like randomly stop on this like path and turn around and start walking in the other direction. Like I'll look like an idiot. Embrace looking like an idiot because you, you got to get somewhere else. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, what the categories or the lists are on Clifton's strengths, but I would have to imagine that in addition to being an activator, there's something in there for you about being challenged, right? There's something in there about like having an obstacle in front of you. Learner. There you go. Learner. Like, just like yeah, that I think that's my number two. Insatiable. There you go. Insatiable. Yeah. And I think that that's probably true about a lot of operators as well. Like I say this half jokingly when people ask me, but like it's a massive overgeneralization. But the thing I have found to be the most true about ops people is that they like crossword puzzles, right? Like, again, it <laughs> yeah. is a massive overgeneralization, but I have yet <laughs> to find it not to be true, right? And like, that's it, right? It's yeah. that challenge, that curiosity to learn and like mm -hmm. to, you know, literally fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my brain is loud and it wants more. Before we go, at the end of each show, we're going to ask each guest the same lightning round of questions. Ready? Here we go. Best book you've read in the last six months? Alex Hermosi, $100 million offers. It is absolutely blowing my whole universe and mind, and it had me make like really huge realizations. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. Has me hyped. Nice. All right. Favorite part about working in ops? Oh, making things magical for other people. Like truly, like how did you figure that? Like, I don't even need to know how, but oh my God, thank you. Like, <laughs> when I get to like really do that, like it's so fun. All right. Flip side, least favorite part about working in ops? <laughs> Documentation. What? Easy. That was the <laughs> fastest answer you've given the whole time we've been talking. <laughs> I think I'm allergic. <laughs> yeah. Not sexy, but important. Mm -mm. We put it in that category. I mean, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Someone who impacted you getting to the job you have today? Brad Smith. He's the CEO of Sonar. He is the founder of WizOps Community. And I was let go from winning by design in August. And I was just like, what? That was my dream job. And I hopped on to a virtual happy hour on, we have Friday afternoons, we, we hang. <laughs> and I was just such a mopey little Gus coming on. And he's like, you're on the market? All right, I'm taking bets. What's the over under on her landing? And so he like got the pivot going. And then Michael Muse, he, at the end of that, he was like, Jackie, why don't you go solo? And he shared with me, his business model and everything. He's like, take it, copy, paste it. And he's just an incredible mentor and beautiful human. That's awesome. Mm. Brad's the best. Mm. All right. Last one. One piece of advice for people who want to have your job someday. Enjoy the chapter you're in and nothing is wasted.
Thanks so much to Jackie for joining us on this week's episode of Operations. If you want to learn more about Jackie and the work that she does, check out activatethemagic.com. If you liked what you heard from our show today, make sure you're subscribed so you get a new episode in your feed every other Friday. Also, if you learned something from Jackie or from any of our episodes, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other folks to find the show. Six star reviews only. All right, that's going to do it for me. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Today's episode is sponsored by Fullcast, your go-to-market planning platform. If you've ever spent hours or days building territory and quota plans only to have them be out of date the second the reps hit the street, you need to check out Fullcast. With Fullcast, you set intelligent rule-based policies that automate all of the time-consuming manual tasks that hit RevOps teams throughout the year. With virtually no effort, operations will always seamlessly align with your plan. Learn more about Fullcast today by visiting fullcast.io.